new CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome into the Autzen Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prem, Eric Scopel, Jared Mack on the show. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for watching the podcast on YouTube. Uh, the transition to YouTube has been awesome. The numbers on the podcast have been absolutely bonkers uh, from a listener standpoint. All-time highs, multiple you know weeks in a row. Uh, we're, we're crushing it there with the numbers. Thank you for listening to the show. All right, on today's Thursday podcast, getting you ready for the 2021 football season, uh, we're going to run through some predictions of all three of us on a couple things with Oregon specifically. We're going to talk about kind of what we expect with this team from a finishing record standpoint, how that factors into the Pac-12 championship race, uh, some player of the year scenarios if Oregon's going to win, who would be those guys on Oregon's roster. Uh, I'm going to throw in also a curveball here, uh, bowl prediction. Let's let's throw out and, and give a guess of where this team lands bowl-wise. And then the second half of the show, we're going to run through all the games in the conference and make some predictions on a week-by-week basis, uh, starting with this podcast week one. Uh, so if you follow the podcast, uh, we're going to discuss against betting lines uh, all the conference games, all the non-conference games that we played in the Pac-12 starting week one. But first, guys, let's start with um, Oregon's overall record here. Um, I I believe Oregon's going to finish the regular season 10-2. and two. Um, I have losses at Ohio State, and I think they're going to lose a late November game at Utah. I'm not going to deviate from my season predictions, which I put out there before. I, I kind of thought about it, but really for me, I, I, I'm with you on the Utah game being a potential loss, the Ohio State game being a loss. The, the, the one that I was going to potentially change is the UCLA game, but I was so impressed with the Bruins, honestly more impressed than I expected to be the other day, that – I, I'm going to stick with that, and I'm going to say Oregon goes 9-3 and three regular season, loses road games to UCLA and Utah in Pac-12 play, um, obviously along with Ohio State, 9-3, and three, but they still win the Pac-12 North. I think Jared may have froze. Jared, Jared did freeze. Jared is not able to make his prediction. So should we <laughs> maybe we could make predictions for Jared. Uh, I also have we'll, – we'll, we'll wait here for a second for Jared to get back into the – the podcast um but i also have oregon winning the pac-12 north um obviously with with only one loss though compared to uh eric's two conference losses so two people here have predicted a pac-12 north championship for the ducks jerry where do you land am i here can you're you guys here. see oregon you're back in love oh, excellent you're, you're, uh, you're kind of choppy though you're a little choppy so speak slowly i'll speak slowly yeah uh, yeah, I have Oregon winning the North as well. 10-2 and two sounds about right. Um, I have a loss to Ohio State. 
and no one has gone nine and no in the Pac-12, and I don't see it happening. And, and until they go to an eight-game conference schedule, it's unbelievably hard to go undefeated in conference. Um, yeah, it's it's just I think that's the best case scenario. I mean, well, best best case scenario is beating Ohio State. I don't anticipate it happening. Ten and two win most likely wins you the Pac-12 North and would get you probably in a New Year's Six game. I will yeah. say this: like I, I feel confident Oregon's going to win every game in conference play. But I went with what what Jared said. Like until a team actually does it and goes nine and zero, I'm not going to pick Oregon to go nine and zero in conference play. So it's not just an Oregon thing; it's an anybody thing. Like no no team in Oregon in Pac-12 history has gone nine and zero in league play. Um, so can I can I just I wanted to ask Jared who's your loss then in Pac-12 play? You didn't pick a team to, that Oregon's going to lose to. If we're going to talk predictions, uh, that's a good one. I. Honestly, I think uh, I think Utah is probably going to get them. Traveling to Utah is going to be tough. That's always like that environment is hard as in, in general, and then Utah is always just a very well coached and disciplined team. They're always good games. Uh, I know the last time they played was in the Pac-12 championship game, and Oregon won handily. However, I don't. I think Utah this year should be good, and I think that's just going to. I anticipated kind of being how. Oregon lost to Arizona State, where you know they were undefeated in conference play, and they needed this game to win to really solidify themselves for the playoffs, and they fall short. I think if, if you ask me, I would if you ask Oregon against blank Pac-12 school in a one-off situation, I would pick Oregon every every time over every opponent. It doesn't matter if it's home or away. But I had to pick a game that Oregon's going to lose in conference, and so I went with Utah. I think that's going to be the toughest game of the year um, for Oregon. So, like, maybe I'm cheating because, like, I, I think in a one-off situation they'll beat every single team in the league. Um, but we just know history says that they don't – that doesn't happen. And until it does, I'm not going to pick it to happen. So I'm, I'm actually just a little surprised we had consensus that Oregon's going to lose at Utah this year. I, I thought you guys might have other picks, but I, I agree. That's the toughest game on the schedule in fact to play for my, my money, along with probably Washington, which is kind of like Voldemort on this podcast. We're just not going to bring them up. Um, <laughs> that, that's a tough game too, but we're all, we're all, you know, showing some confidence that Oregon's going to win that game. I, I actually think Oregon's lots more talented than Washington. Same. I agree. We're all in agreement that Oregon's going to win the Pac-12 North. Now who emerges out of the Pac-12 South, might be where we all differ here. Eric, you, you can go ahead first. I think I know who you're going to pick. Uh, I, might, I, might, I might switch this up, guys. I'm, I think it's a total free-for-all in the Pac-12 South. I was so impressed with UCLA. I had USC in preseason, and I had USC, I think, going 8-1 and one, um, with one loss to, I think, UCLA in my predictions. I'm, I'm going Bruins, man. I'm, I'm, like, fully in on the Chip Kelly, fighting Chip Kelly. I don't think USC is – like, I'm really impressed with uh, – a couple of position groups, and then I'm really underwhelmed by a couple of others. And I just think they're going to be like, I think they're going to have a really hard time beating a Utah, like keeping Keaton Slovis upright. And then, and this, you know, and then you flip that. I think UCLA has the right type of a team to beat a Utah. Um, and so I think it might come down to USC, UCLA for the Pac-12 South. I'm not forgetting Arizona State, but I, I don't know. There's so much turmoil and weird stuff going on down there with Herm and the recruiting stuff. That, uh, that I'm kind of staying away from them. I just think there's a lot of distractions. So I'll take the Bruins because I think it ends up being a head-to-head 
between USC and UCLA and maybe decide it in late November in that game. I don't know if that's played in Pasadena or uh, at USC's home field, but um, I'm, I'm going with the winner of that game, and I think it's going to be UCLA. I have, I have Utah coming out of the South. I think they're going to be just much better than they have been the last two years. I think their defense is still going to be stiff and quite a competition, but I think the addition of Charlie Brewer, uh, the transfer quarterback at a Baylor, I think that's going to be big. Uh, Charlie's was unbelievable at Baylor his freshman year and then tailed off the last two years, but he's still a talented quarterback. I think he's probably the best quarterback they've had just from a pure quarterback perspective in a while, I think he's a much better quarterback than Tyler Huntley was. Although Huntley did do very well at Utah. I think in terms of what Winningham wants in his offense and like his ability to run play action and hit a deep ball every once in a while and actually make passes as we saw with Huntley's inability to, I think this is going to be a good, good squad. And I have them going eight and one out of the South. Wow. Eight and one. That's, I have USC, and I think I think the Pac-12 South is going to beat up on each other. Yeah, and great. the team that emerges is not going to be a playoff or a New Year's Six caliber team. The one, and so the only way that they get in is if for a New Year's Six game is if they win the Pac-12 championship game. I'm, I'm thinking like a team's going to come out of there like with a nine and three or an eight and four record. It's not going to be pretty. Um, I'm going to pick USC, but it's, you know, I, I'm going to cheat here a little bit. I think it's going to be like a two or maybe even a three-way tie for first place. And it's going to come down to some kind of funky, you know, tiebreaker rule that we have to look up in the Pac-12 manual for <laughs> to understand. But I, I'm going with USC. Um, they're the second most talented team in the conference. Oregon is being uh, the number one team in the conference. Uh, I just think they have probably the best quarterback in the league that matters. Um, and they still have a pretty wide gap to everybody else in the league besides Oregon from a talent perspective. And that's those two, that combination will, will win them some games. They probably shouldn't. Um, and they'll get to the Pac-12 championship game. And for a championship, uh, I think it's going to be Oregon. And I think Oregon, re- you know, three peats as the Pac-12 champion. Um, I'll also, Go in here with my bowl prediction. I think Oregon gets to the Rose Bowl. Um, it's not a playoff game, I think, this year. So they're going to get to the Rose Bowl for the second time in three years. And they're going to walk out of that, you know, really as the king of, of the West Coast of college football just because of, you know, how they've been able to string together three straight Pac-12 championships. Before I give my prediction, I just want to say Matt's talking about team talent. That is actually objectively true that Oregon's more talented than USC. Um, 247, we just released our team talent rankings, and Oregon was ninth, USC uh, was 11th. Um, and I think Washington was the third team, like around 20, 20 somewhere in the 20s. Um, 18th, actually, Jared, you put that together. 18. 18. Yeah. And then there's a couple other teams in the back end. But just to put that, I mean, what Matt's saying is not like we think Oregon's more talented than USC and it's subjective. It's like, objectively Oregon has a better roster right now based upon recruiting rankings. Um, so that's the first time, honestly, maybe ever. the first time you ever say that. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I, I have Oregon beating UCLA in the PAC 12 conference championship game. I think it'll be a pretty fun game. Honestly, think, think about the narratives of Chip Kelly and Oregon playing for something that actually means something. Um, that would be really cool. 
Um, I think Oregon avenges its loss earlier in the season and, and beats UCLA in that game. And I'm with Matt. I don't think it's a college football playoff. Obviously, I have them losing three times. Um, I think they enter that bowl game as a ro- – I think they're going to go to the Rose Bowl again. And I think they'll be 10-3 and three going to that. And I think they'll win the Rose Bowl. Um, and I think they'll be 11-3. and three. I don't know who the opponent will be. I just am- – I think this is going to be a team that by the end of the season is playing really, really good football. And I, I think that's going to be something that we see take place in the bowl game against whoever that is. And then, but I'm predicting Oregon. I, I mean, it, people would probably say, dang, you think three losses regular season, but anyone's going to take 11 wins in a Rose bowl victory. I would think for the. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would try to zag here, but I can't, I really do think that Oregon's going to win the North and the PAC 12 three repeat, and then head to the Rose bowl. This team, like just the way everything is structured just reminds me too much of the 2019 team. And it's like the Rose Bowl seems kind of inevitable as long as this team gets on the ground and starts running. Um, and I, I'm sure they'll play Wisconsin. I'm sure it'll go just exactly the way it was, <laughs> where they lose to the big opponent week one or two and then lose somewhere late in the season and then make the Rose Bowl. It just kind of feels like that's how it's going to be. You're, you're, you're literally predicting a repeat of 19, like across the it board. It just feels like across the board. I just, it just feels like it. Like Sands, Justin Herbert, the star quarterback. I think this team has more talent in general. Yeah. And, but they return a lot of people who did play in the Rose Bowl in 2019. And just the, the camaraderie of the team, the staff remains the same. They have the same goals in sight. I, I don't know. It, it feels like a carbon copy, basically. I like it. If an Oregon player wins the Offensive Player of the Year award in the Pac-12 and also the Defensive Player of the Year award in the Pac-12, uh, who would that be? Um, I think defensively, that is the most obvious <laughs> answer in the world, Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, yeah. And I will be absolutely floored if Kayvon Thibodeau does not win the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year award. Um, offensively, I think people may gravitate towards quarterbacks when you first think of this award. Um, I don't think that's Oregon's best option. I think it's going to be CJ Verdell. If Oregon does have a a terrific offensive season and he stays healthy, um, I think he will win the offensive player of the year award because he's going to have an opportunity to be the bell cow. uh, And if he stays healthy, put up a bunch of big numbers. Yeah, I, I'm going to also say Verdell. There's actually a, um, a trend here of running backs winning this award. Obviously, last year, um, Jarek Broussard from Colorado won the award, who's, by the way, still in the conference, and no one really talks about it because Colorado is not a pre- – they're not the sexy preseason team. Maybe I mean, the fact that Colorado could have very easily won the Pac-12 South last year um, and returns most of its team, and yet we're, we didn't even bring them up once, I think, during the Pac-12 South champions – I think that's kind of telling. I don't think Colorado's, I think they're probably like fourth, maybe, maybe third. Maybe they could pass, I don't know, one of those teams, but fourth or fifth. But he won in 2020. 2019 was Zach Moss at Utah. So there is a little trend here of running backs having some success. And then it was Gardner Minshew in 18 and 17 was Bryce Love from Stanford. So, you know, three of the last four have been running backs. And I think that's a trend to be aware of. And if Oregon does win this conference, which we all think they will, there's, I would think, be an argument to give the player of the year offensively if there's a deserving player to the player from that team. Now, I will also say in 2019, 
Or Justin Herbert. Pac-12 coaches can be petty. Yeah, Justin Herbert should have probably won that award. Wasn't even one of the first team or second team quarterbacks. So he was honorable mention. And that sort of speaks to that. So maybe maybe C.J. Verdell should win this award and won't. But I do think if I, I think he's the pick. He's the clear one here of there's a trend with running backs winning this recently. He's going to be Oregon's starting running back. And I think he has a big senior season. I know it's technically like a weird redshirt junior season, but we'll call it a senior season. And that parlays him to win this award. Yeah, unless Johnny Johnson goes berserk, and I mean berserk, it's going to be CJ's, CJ's to lose for Oregon, at least for the Offensive Player of the Year. And I, honestly, I don't anticipate him winning that at all. I think he should put up a good season and, and, and you know, help Oregon get to the Pac-12 championship game. But I do think it's probably going to be Keaton Slovis as the Offensive Player of the Year. And he's just this safe bet. He's honestly what the program and what the Pac-12 wants to promote from a whole. So, but yeah, CJ Verdell is the one pick and obviously defensive it's KT. No questions asked. Although you guys think that there's anybody on Oregon's defense who could kind of come out of the blue and make some kind of surprise run to get some, some, some eyeballs on him. Yeah. I would agree with Matt. I would say no. He was, he has the attention. He was Pac-12 freshman of the year. He has the big name. He's got the name. Um, I would say that would be the other candidate. Uh, Jared, in terms of Johnny Johnson, I just just because we're looking at historical trends, there's been two – that's actually a trivia question for you guys to guess. Trivia question here. Two. Last, mm. last 25 years, two wide receivers have won Pac-12 Player of the Year. Can you name either one or both of them? They both played at the same school. And you guys see receivers. Yes, it's the school you would think it would be. <laughs> can, you, can you do this? It's kind of – these are both big names, but um, – I think it's kind of inter- I was kind of interesting looking through here trying to be like, okay, what's the trend for Johnny Johnson winning it? There's not a lot of receivers who won it historically. Marquise Lee. Yep, in 2012. And the other one was back in 1995, so there's a big hint, but maybe not big enough because that's a long time for us to remember who would have been playing then. Oh, I don't know. Jared, Jared, Jared was too long. Jared, were a little you- too long for me. Keyshawn? No, no, I wasn't. Yes, Keyshawn Johnson. Matt goes two for two. There you two. go. that. So Johnny Johnson would have to join Marquise Lee and – Keyshawn Johnson as the third wide receiver to win the award in 26 years. I think we love Johnny Johnson. I don't think we think he's going to be the third player to do that, though. Good chance, like, a Troy Franklin, though, wins freshman of the year. I agree. Mm-hmm. That would be my pick if there's an Oregon player to win offensive. Can, can Noah Sewell win defensive freshman of the year again? <laughs> I think – what are we doing with this stuff? With Interesting. The I don't even know what we're doing with that. Technically, he's still a freshman, so yeah, but I don't think they're – they shouldn't allow that. It should be players who – it should be, like, considered, like, rookie of the year in sports where it's, like, a newcomer, first-year player. Maybe that's what yeah. you say. Maybe this year it becomes newcomer, and the next year you go back to freshman. I don't yeah, know. We'll see. All right, let's get to these uh, week one games. Um, we'll start Friday, September – or not Friday, September 3rd. We'll start Thursday, today, September 2nd. There are two conference games that play out, both on the Pac-12 Networks. Uh, number 24, Utah versus Weber's, Weber State. Um, there is no betting line on this game, so we can't we can't go off a betting line there. But I'm going to say Utah wins this football game 38-10. to 10. Hmm. Well, We're going to make score predictions for this. Um, are, are we going to – okay, what's the order we're going in here? Should we just – Let's go me, Jared, Eric. Okay, Jared, go ahead. Okay. Uh, we'll keep it short. We'll do Utah 34 13. I'm picking the upset. No, I'm just kidding. That would be 
the stupidest thing to do. <laughs> I'll take I'll take Utah by a score of forty two to seven. I think Charlie Brewer is going to be pretty dang good. I think Jared brought up good points there. The second game of the week or the day, I should say, number twenty five Arizona State at home against Southern Utah, who has played a game already. They are zero one on the year. Uh, I've got Arizona State winning in a big fashion, fifty six to ten. Matt, you stole my exact score. Uh, I'll do. That was actually the same score I had. How are we all? Like, mind melted? <laughs> there we go. They're all in. Great. I put them all, all right. in. Fifty-six, 56 to, 10. to ten. Three fifty-six to ten wins. All right, <laughs> go at the house. Uh, no, no betting line for that one. Next game as well. There's no betting line. Colorado versus Northern Colorado. Pac-12 Network game on Friday, September third. I think Colorado wins this one, thirty-five seventeen. I've got Colorado. We'll do 34, 34 to ten. Twenty-eight nothing. I'll just I'll be a little different. Call it. I'll call it a shutout. Twenty-eight to nothing. Nice. Yeah. Why not? Mm. We'll get to the last game of the week with no betting line. This one is a Saturday afternoon game up in Montlake, uh, Washington. The number twentieth ranked team in the country takes on the Montana Grizzlies. I believe that game is also on the Pac-12 networks. Uh, I've got this one in a big fashion for Washington, 63-13. to 13. I got Washington, 42-7. to 7. All right. I mean, I, this, we're, we're all just expecting these FCS games to be just total ass kickings, and that's just the trend here. So, like, I think those listening expect it. I know we're not giving a lot of information behind it, but we're just kind of throwing numbers out. But that's sort of what it is at this sure. point. I'll say, I'll, say, I'll say 58-10. All right. Now the games that have actual uh, pulses to them. Thank you. Um, Thank God. <laughs> first game of the day on Saturday, I believe it's on ESPN. Stanford goes to Texas to take on Kansas State in the AT&T Stadium where the Cowboys play in Arlington. Stanford is a three-point underdog in this one. That does not feel right to me. I, I look at Kansas State and I understand that, you know, they've pulled off some upsets the last couple of years. But And I know Stanford has been down the last couple of years, but Stanford is, is used to playing on the road because I think they played every single game last year on the road. Uh, they do break in a new quarterback, but David Shaw is still a good coach. I think Stanford's going to – I'm gonna. This is gonna be considered an upset, but in my eyes, it's not. Stanford 31, Kansas State 17. Ooh, I like that. Um, I'm gonna go with K State here. I kind of I, I like K State. Uh, they got Skylar Thompson is returning. He's I think this is his sixth, fifth year as a senior for quarterback for K State, and. I'm just not sure how I feel about Stanford this year. I feel like this is going to be a tough task travel in week one. I know, Matt, you made a good point that they only played road games basically uh, last year, but I still think it's it's going to be a, a, basically an in-state game for, for K-State. They're going to have plenty of people traveling down to Arlington. Um, so I'll take K-State. We'll do 34-21. I think it's a really interesting game because Stanford, what we've seen in the last few years, is really, really slow out of the gate. And yeah. that's kind of been the David Shaw. That's been the thing that's actually kind of snake bit in that program is typically they lose like 
two of their first four or five games and then they get hot in the back end and they end up being, you know, nine and three or eight and four. But if they would have started better, they could have, you know, maybe won the conference or something. I, so there's that part of it. I did predict Kansas state would lose this game when I did my practical predictions earlier back in uh, July. So I'm going to stand with that and I'm going to go Stanford wins this game. I think it's going to be pretty close. I will say, I think it's a pretty low scoring as well. Um, I'll say 27, 24 Stanford. 27-24 Stanford for Eric. Um, the next game on the schedule here, number 15 USC taking on San Jose State. That's a 2 p.m. game Pacific time on the Pac-12 network. San Jose State won the Mountain West last year. They are 1-0 going into the season. USC is a 14-point favorite. Um this is a tricky one for me because part of me thinks, hey, San Jose State won their league last year. They brought a lot of their guys back, including their quarterback. I'm not too high on USC in a couple of areas. San Jose State has a game under their belts already. But then I also look at the talent that USC has. I think USC should win this game by 28 points. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they push. I think they do win by 14. They're a 14-point favorite. Uh, I'll say 42-28 USC. I think I think this is going to be a shootout. Like Matt said, you know, San Jose State brings back a lot of a lot of players who won the Mountain West last year. This kind of feels like uh, a similar game to Oregon versus Fresno State. I know they're both Mountain West teams, but they're both two squads that are, you know, underrated naturally as as from the Mountain West. And I think they'll give USC a little bit of a run. I have USC winning, you know, 48-31. I think they'll cover. However, I do think for the first half, it might be a little close. I think uh, some USC fans might be a little tense while watching this game. I'm, I'm going to lean with the talent here. Um, I've also realized Matt and I were bit pretty hard last year when we were thinking Oregon would beat Iowa State. And those there's definitely some Iowa State podcast fans that let us know that they'd heard it and that we were really off base because Iowa State had like the 58th best team talent-wise. And I think Oregon was like 10th or 12th or something like that. And that didn't play out that way. I don't think the talent is that close here, though. USC is 11th nationally. San Jose State is 103rd. It has two four-stars on its roster. I know what they've done and the success they've had. I, I think there's a difference, though, between Pac-12 teams and Mountain West teams. I hope there is. If there isn't, this weekend could be a real mess for a couple of schools, including maybe Oregon. Um, but I, I'm, I'm going to go USC, and I think they're going to cover. I think they'll cover fairly comfortably. I'll say 45-20. to 20. Oregon State heads to Purdue uh, to take on the Boilermakers for a 4 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. Game is on FS1. Uh, this is a game in which Oregon State is a seven-point underdog. And I have to say, guys, I'm, I'm taking the points here with Oregon State. I think they cover. And I'm actually going to say they're going to come out, and not only are they going to cover, they're going to outright win. They're going to get the perceived upset on the road. Jonathan Smith and the Beavers go 1-0 to start the season. Give me Oregon State 34, Purdue 31. First upset of the day. 
First true up, yeah. I guess second. I had Stanford winning, but that's a plus three. I like the call. I'll, I'll join you in that. I think Oregon State can, with, with Neuer at the helm, can really give Purdue a big run for their money. I don't think Purdue is very talented either. I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. And I think Oregon State is going to be looking to make, you know, a run this year, try to get to a bowl game and really, you know, try to show that they're turning the, the program around. So I'll take Oregon State. Let's do 38-28. Ooh, 10-point win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we love our state of Oregon football teams, don't we, boys? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, This is ultimately like the kind of bottom dweller from Pac-12, bottom dweller from Big Ten, and which is stronger. And we've talked, I think, quite a few times about just the overall strength of this Pac-12 conference. I, I, I mean, clearly, anybody would – I think most people would agree with this. Like, pretty clearly, the top-tier talent from the Pac-12 doesn't match up with the other conferences. I know that sounds critical of Oregon, but Oregon hasn't proven it like Ohio State has or some of the SEC teams has. But I do think from top to bottom, like – I don't know. I think these. I think this conference is is probably better than people want to give it credit for. And if you want to look at these teams from a talent perspective, they're about even. I just pulled it up for Utah. Or sorry, Purdue is forty seventh in the country from a team talent composite, and Oregon State is fifty third. So they are they are evenly matched. And uh, I, I'm going to go with Purdue though. I, I know you guys. I'm going to do a little bit of a zag here because I am a zag, um, and I'm going to go with. Oregon State to lose this game, start 0-1, and Purdue to win. I will say they win 42-21 uh, in a blowout. Taking a stab out there. There we go. Next game on the docket is, I think, probably the biggest game from a, just a Pac-12 standpoint. Uh, eliminate the Oregon-centric focus here on the show. Right. Big picture. UCLA hosts number 16 LSU on Fox 5:30 kickoff from the Rose Bowl Bruins are 1-0 going to this game they are a 3 point underdog to you, to LSU unfortunately i don't think they cover i think it's going to be close i'm going to go LSU 45 UCLA 41 very close to cover. Mm. I think this is a major trap game for LSU. Ooh. Yeah. I, uh, th- so there's a lot of things not going in LSU's way right now. Obviously, they've had to, to move out of Nor- uh, New Orleans, basically, for because of Hurricane Ida. They've been traveling a lot. They have to go to the West Coast in general. UCLA is pr- pretty hot. I, I think that team is really feeling confident going into this game. And I have UCLA winning 42-34. We're both doing it. We're both doing it. Jared, come on in. The water's fine. I guess I'm oh, just, yeah. you said it first, so I guess I'm joining you. The water, <laughs> the water seems pretty good over there. I, I'm, good, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on the fighting chip, Kellys. I, I, I didn't actually predict this one in the preseason, but there's been enough shift here. I was – again, I'm, maybe I'm overthinking a game with Hawaii, but Hawaii is a good Mountain West team. That's not a bottom-dwelling Mountain West team. That team beat – Fresno State by two scores last season. And that's a Fresno State team that we think is is pretty good and is going to challenge Oregon. And UCLA, they beat the crap out of that team. It wasn't competitive at all. Um, LSU, like you said, they're dealing with a lot of things. And let's not forget, LSU had a pretty crappy 2020 season. I know they won the title in 19 and 
they were awesome there, but they've lost a ton. This is not the same team. They don't have the same kind of skill players that they used to have. So um, I'm going with UCLA here. I think it's going to be you, – you, you were a little higher scoring, I think, both of you, than I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a little lower scoring than that. Um, I'll say UCLA 28, um, LSU 24. Real quick, Jerry, what was oh, your score? Uh, 42-34. Can I make a change? You guys have convinced me. Hey! Oh, welcome to the dark side. Here we are. I'll take UCLA. I, and I think what got me was both of you guys bringing up the fact that A, SEC teams don't go west very often, and B, how hectic of a, of a, of a week, unfortunately, LSU has had. So uh, I'll change my score. I'll go with you guys. I'll ride the momentum. I'll blame you if it doesn't happen. Uh, UCLA, I'll change it. UCLA, 27 LSU twenty one. Oh, you guys are going low. I, I mean, I, I, I think that I think for UCLA to win, I think they want it to be a lower scoring game. I know you, you're, you're, you're all in on this being Chip Kelly. I mean, Chip Kelly's defense. This is a pretty good defense, don't you think? Yeah, I just think that UCLA, the way they're going to win is outscoring LSU. I think LSU's offense hasn't shown anything. It certainly didn't last year. I mean, they have they the second year under a new offensive coordinator and the first year under with a with a new starting quarterback. I mean. I think if if UCLA can get this into the 40s, I think it's an automatic win. Well, and the, the reason I was going low for a score is that I'm not super high on LSU's offense either. Although I'm a big Brad Johnson, Minnesota Vikings fan growing up, and his son's the quarterback, so I'll be a little conflicted watching that. But uh, <laughs> but not that conflicted. Go Pac-12. Go Chip Kelly. Next game on the docket: California at home against Nevada. A 7:30 kick Pacific time. That game is also on FS1. Uh, Cal is a three-point favorite. Give me Cal. I will take I, – I, I think the Golden Bears are going to be pretty solid this season. I think Wilcox has had this program trending in the right direction for a while now. This will be a real solid win that won't register nationally because it's against Nevada and it's California. But I think this is going to be a really good first game of the year win for a Cal team. That's got a lot of guys back. Give me Cal 34, Nevada 17. Yeah, I got Cal here, 31-17. Uh, I think Cal had a rather disappointing year last year, and I think they they need this to start off hot. You know, Nevada is a, is a solid team. Like Matt said, it won't get the national attention because that's they're expected to beat Nevada, but they still have to go and do it. And I think this will be a good way for them to start the year. Uh, I do think Cal will will be a tough out for any Pac-12 school this year, and for them to get off to a one and zero start and get a nice win, I think that's going to be big for them. So Cal thirty one seventeen. Ah uh, man, this is actually really tough here. Um, mm. Nevada was the preseason favorite to win their division. Um, they return everybody from a year ago. They had a lot of all-conference guys. They're actually the preseason favorite over San Jose State. They're in the same division as Boise, uh, sorry, as Fresno State, and they received about 60 more votes. Um, I think Fresno State will look pretty good, but Nevada's supposed to be better. So I'm, I'm kind of conflicted here on this one. Um, I'll stick with the Pac-12. I think Pac-12 is going to go 3-0 this week against the Mountain West, even though it's like – I mean, it is actually – you think about this. It is – 
the top Mountain West teams going against some of the better conference teams in the Pac-12. And this could be a really good weekend for the conference in terms of, you know, showing the Pac-12 showing its muscles and flexing against some Mountain West teams, or it could go the other way and it could be a disaster where you come out of it going, wait, is the Mountain West almost as good as the Pac-12? Yeah. Um, but I will take Cal to win. I'll stick with you guys. I think it's going to be pretty close. I don't think Cal scores a lot of points much this year. I'll say 24-20, Cal. Next game on the docket is the first game that will be played in Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas from a collegiate standpoint, BYU against Arizona in Las Vegas, future site of the Pac-12 championship game where Duck fans are hoping they will be flying to in December. Uh, Arizona takes on BYU. Wildcats are a massive underdog here, 12 and a half point underdog to BYU. And I don't think this is going to be a good showing. It's a 7:30 game on ESPN, Vegas kickoff classic. Horrible optics for the Pac-12 if you're a college football fan watching football late Saturday night. Give me BYU in just ugly fashion where they win in blowout style. 42 to 20. You took my score again. So this is, <laughs> this is twice now. Yeah, I have this, I have the 42 20 BYU. I think Arizona has a good chance to be defeated this year. Not undefeated, but defeated. I think this is a program that is absolutely rebuilding. Uh, Jed Fish is their new head coach. They're going to have some talent. And obviously BYU loses, yeah, very little. Obviously BYU loses Zach Wilson to the Jets, but uh, BYU is just always one of those teams that's well-coached, they're physical, they have talent, they have depth. Uh, and I don't, think, uh, I don't think Arizona has any of that right now. No. So yeah, give me BYU 42-20, making an absolute bloodbath for the Pac-12. This is kind of why I think you don't like scheduling games so far in advance because – Arizona, this is like a, what's Arizona, there's no complete no win for Arizona here. Like we know Arizona's completely, this is the worst their program's probably been maybe ever, or at least in like a, a couple decades. I know they were terrible for a long time back in the eighties and nineties, but um, th th they're not going to be very competitive this year in general. And to open against BYU, who's one of the better non-power five schools out there, um, this is not ideal. And I, and I know I know that BYU loses their star quarterback, or else this could have been like maybe seventy to nothing. Really bad. But um, oh yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take BYU um thirty eight to three. Thirty eight to thirty. Three. Oh, thirty eight to three. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's really bad. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, can can I just to say like Matt, we were down at Pac twelve Media Day. I saw the Arizona student athletes they bring down. Like usually I recognize most of them. Yeah, no idea. I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who their guys are. I, I don't even know if they I mean they might have played last year, but I have no idea. And and I just like I I picked they I think they're gonna win one game this entire season, and that's because they play um an opponent next week. I could pull it up who they play, but they, they they do play like an FCS opponent next week. And I actually went kind of into the tank when I was doing these predictions. Let's see who it is. Northern Arizona. Um, I went to the I went to the tank on that one because I thought, boy, can I really pick, pick them to go over well? And I decided not to. Can I real quick deviate here for a second? You mentioned how we didn't really know who anyone was. Um, yeah. On the Arizona roster, I kind of 
felt the same way about UW's defense outside of a couple guys. Like I saw their two deep and was just kind of like, I don't know who a lot of these guys are. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to watch Washington this season as well. All right, last one, Washington State versus Utah State. Another late-night football game on the Palouse, uh, 8 p.m. Pacific time. This is a uh, Pac-12 network game, and good golly, there is a lot of drama around this Washington State football program with Nick Rolovich um, and his vaccination status, um, the mandate that was been given down to him to, to get vaccinated, um, and then now I guess Rolovich is also, as of Wednesday, has, has been named in a lawsuit by a former player. Um, so it, it's a crazy offseason for Washington State. Um, there has certainly been a lot of attention on this program, unfortunately, for not anything that, that, that regards to on-field play. And I think Utah State, while they may be down a little bit from – where they were three or four years ago with Jordan Love at quarterback. Um, they're still a solid program. They are still one that, that if you're not careful, you could find yourself in a fourth quarter game uh, having to, to come back and win. And I think that's kind of where we're going to see Washington state. They are a 17 point favorite. I do not think they cover um, against wash against Utah state. They do get Max Borgi back at running back. That will be, extremely helpful for the Cougars on uh, offense. Um, but give me Washington state in a game. That's going to be much closer than anticipated 35, 28 Washington state. You almost stole my score again. Oh, one point <laughs> I have, I have Washington state 34, 28. Uh, I have genuinely no clue what to expect from Washington state this year. I know. I mean, Oregon played them last year, and they had a they had a decent season under Rolovich, but this year is almost completely different. They have Jared Garitano, Tennessee transfer, coming in at quarterback. I think he's won the job. I don't remember, um, but he's he was bad in the SEC. Just you, know, you can ask any Tennessee fan, just bad. But then again, it's the SEC compared to the Pac-12, so we'll find out eventually. But Borgie is a huge addition. He'll be great for their offense, but I'm just very concerned about the state of the program and how the players will react heading into the game. And I still think that they win 34, 28, but a 17 and a half point spread seems ridiculous for them to cover. Yeah. Um, I kind of am going to go the opposite way. I, I think this is a huge FU game from Rolovich. Now I will also say, I don't know, like, there's a possibility he's like not even coaching this weekend and like he gets fired before we get to the game. And if that takes place, then, then all bets are off. But if he's still a coach, my guess is he's sitting there going like, I got to show these guys what's up and that I can really coach football and that my vaccination record is, I'm sure he's not thinking this way because it sounds like he has some questionable logic behind. I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to analyze why he's not vaccinated, but I think he's going to go They're, they're you know, This is about football. I'm a football coach. Let me show you why I was paid so much money to lead a football program. And I'm going to go out there and beat down Utah state who we talked about the three previous PAC 12 matchups with mountain West schools against some of the top schools, you know, in that conference, Oregon playing Fresno state, who was picked fourth in their division. Um, but we think they're better than that. USC playing San Jose state who was picked second. And then, um, 
California playing Nevada, who's picked first in their division. Utah State's not expected to be quite as good or even anywhere near as good as these teams. I think Washington State wins, I'm going to say 48 to 21. And I do think it's going to be a pretty decisive win. And I think afterwards, Rolovich is going to be kind of feeling himself a little bit, maybe says some stuff that is going to be pretty good, pretty good uh, content for everybody going into the next week. Mm. All right. It's going to do it for us here on the Odds and Audible's podcast, running through the week one scores. You probably noticed we did not pick the Oregon game. Uh, That game will be released on Friday on our uh, ultimate preview podcast. We make our score predictions on that show. Uh, So keep your eyes out for that one. We'll come out Friday morning or Thursday night, depending upon uh, if you're up late on the West Coast. So for Jared Mack, for Eric Scopel, thank you for listening to the Austin Audible's podcast. We'll talk to you later. Talk to you later, folks. Peace. New CBS Monday. Federal agents. Here's where we can see them. NCIS Hawaii is back. New criminals to catch. Armed robbery, aggravated assault, murder. And new investigations to be solved. These guys were good, but even masters make mistakes. Vanessa Lachey and featuring LL Cool J. Violin Island, you got it. Welcome to paradise. A new NCIS Hawaii, Monday, 10, 9 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Mm-hmm.